0: Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection Podcast. On today's episode, I have Nancy Fedlam from Salty's Pet Supply, Fang Pet and Garden Supply, and Three Paws Neighborhood Pet Supply. Stay tuned to learn about how Nancy got started in the pet industry and how she chooses the products that they sell in her stores. Welcome to the PDX Pet Collective Podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent or the owner of a Portland pet business, then you have come to the right place. And now your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoschel. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast, and I have Nancy of Salties here, and many other three paws, and and I for, oh my gosh, I forgot the other one.
1: That's okay, oh. Fang Pet and Garden Supply. Uh,
0: <laughs> sorry about that. I was like, okay, no, it's I, I want to say Fang, but I want to say it wrong. But uh, yeah, so Nancy's joining us here to talk about all things pet and uh, how she helps the pets in our community through her stores. So, welcome, Nancy.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: So for those people who aren't familiar with you, which I can't imagine there are many, uh, tell us a little bit about your stores in Portland.
1: Uh, Well, I moved here a little over 15 years ago and um, when we moved into the neighborhood that we live in, Salty's actually had just opened. Um, I, I was one of the first employees at that store when I moved here and it was 450 square feet. And um, my first friend in Portland had opened the store, uh, and she realized that she did not like retail. Uh, I realized, coming from a different industry, that I loved retail, and so it was a uh, I just love being at the store and helping people. And uh, she decided that she wanted to sell the store to me. Um, So within about a year of her opening that store, I purchased it um, and then have expanded the business from there uh, with opening um, multiple other stores, relocating a couple stores, a couple times. (laughs) And uh, it's a lot of work, you know, 15 years of running pet supplies. Um, And it's just been, you know, I never saw myself being a business owner when, you know, when people are like, where do you see yourself in the future? I never thought that I would own any pet supply shops and be doing what I'm doing. Um, So I kind of fell into it, but then I definitely took ownership of it and grew it and, you know, expanded into the other stores and other neighborhoods um, and have always been really focused on being a community business that's focused on the neighborhood that it's located in. So really serving the, the, the neighbors, um, and making sure that they have what they need uh, to take care of their pets.
0: That's wonderful. So what neighborhoods are each of the stores in?
1: So, um, Salty's pet supply is in um, the Boise neighborhood, which uh, is known for Mississippi Avenue. Um, and so it's a North Portland business. And then, um, Fang Pet and Garden Supply is in the Kenton neighborhood, uh, which is also North Portland. And then uh, my third store, Three Paws Pet Supply, is located in the South Waterfront. Um, And it's a a much smaller store than my other two stores. And uh, that community there is um, a nice small community that is very kind to support
0: us. So we appreciate that. I was just by that store just the other day. Oh, I drove here. past. Yeah, I, I, I have my dentist is over there. So okay. I, d- I drove past and I was like, there they are. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of doctor stuff down there with OSAGU, So I'm not yeah, saying. that's for sure. Well, and that's handy. They could just get their pet supplies right there after work and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We
1: do get a lot of them, uh, stop in the store. It's um, there's, it's an interesting community down there, but yeah, it is like when you go down to South waterfront, um, it is like being in a different world, uh, compared to most parts of Portland. Cause it's, it's just all of these big, tall buildings and it's, you feel like you're in like a little part of Chicago or something. I don't know. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like North Portland. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Cause we're over on 23rd. It's like, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel the same. No. <laughs> um, so I usually ask how you come up with the name of your business, but, uh, I guess you inherited one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, and everybody always asks me about that store too, like, uh, who's salty? And the funny thing is, is that my friend, her name's Paula, that opened that store, she, um, she was like, you know, it's, there's, no, there's no animal that's named after it. It's, she was just like, you know, just like a salty dog in the neighborhood, like, you know, someone that's been here for a long time. So we always joke that one of us would need to get adopt a dog or a cat, well, I guess a dog. Um, and uh, name it Salty so at least we can be like, This is the dog that is, yeah, named. <laughs> that story is really not very interesting, but it oh, is funny, really funny. But, yeah. it is kind of
0: funny though because it's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> Okay, just Salty, <laughs> Let's just Yeah. just grab it out of midair, yeah. But what's fun is when people come in with dogs named Salty and they're like, My dog's named Salty, and so we always want to, if they're not with them, we want to see pictures of them, and um, yeah, so. You know, there are dogs out there named Salty.
0: So when did you go from from Fang and Feather to Fang Pet and Garden Supply?
1: So in 2018, uh, we uh, had a rebranding. And the reason that that happened was that we had relocated the year before from uh, 1,100 square foot space that was in the heart of the Kenton Business District to a little bit on the outskirts of the Kenton Business District uh, on Lombard. So we we expanded to um forty one hundred square feet.
0: Oh, and wow. we also
1: have an outdoor um space that we use as our out our seasonal outdoor garden center. Um so the name really needed to change to reflect how the business had grown. And we had decided that that pet and garden supply were the best way to describe us. And um People think of us as fang and feather still, or just fang. Like, you know, we have many names, but people know <laughs> where to come and buy their pet food and find awesome plants, either for their outdoor gardens, or we sell um, house plants all year round also.
0: Oh, nice. And uh, I'm, are you still uh, offering chicken supplies and things like oh,
1: that? Yeah, we've, we've expanded that. Um, and that was the nice part of moving into that larger space is that we could actually become more of a full line pet supply store. So we have reptile supplies, which are reptile food is actually hard to find in Portland. There's only a few pet supply stores that carry like live crickets and that type of thing. So we were able to expand that and, um, have more small animal um, supplies and, uh, it's been, and nice i think and definitely in the north portland area to be able to have a local store that carries all of that stuff
0: yeah because that area definitely has a lot more um chickens and and things like that and i mean granted portland as a city in general has more chickens probably than most cities but that area in particular
1: oh yeah and we love um we love our our backyard uh farmer customers you know some of them have ducks we lo- and some of them bring their like little ducklings in or their little chicks in so we oh, get cute yeah oh that's always a big hit at the store well anytime a pet comes in we're really happy but when we get to see something you know more interesting well not more interesting that's absolutely
0: just really different different than the usual
1: yeah, yeah. everybody
0: brings their dog to a store you know, but not many people bring chickens.
1: No, or their bearded dragon or their snake. Like
0: they wow. Okay, I might have to stop at the snake section. Got
1: I I'm actually have a, like, weird fear of reptiles and amphibians. And so that that when they do bring them in, I'm like, oh, that's great. But I don't <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's going to happen. But you know those they're they're so loved by their owners and I just love seeing like photos of them like cuddling with their bearded dragon cuz I don't know. It's, it's cute. I I think I would have I would like freeze in fear if I had to cuddle with a bearded dragon but
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Snakes are my are my thing, you know. I I just can't. Uh, yeah, that's great that there are people out there that love them, but I, yep. I, I, i I will not be one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's just like how some people aren't cat people or some people don't like dogs. Like it's, it, it's, it's, people have, have their, their different tendencies. So.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Sure and that, that's the good thing.
1: We try to make sure that we have them all covered at the
0: store. Yeah. I, I need, I haven't been out to that store. I've been to your other stores, but I haven't been out to that one. I've passed it, but I haven't been out, it, I don't go to that area often, but I need to head over there because that sound the store sounds amazing.
1: It's it is a really pretty store. Um, the staff that works there has such great ownership of it, and they do like amazing things with it. great inventory, and the, the um, person that runs the garden um, center, his name's Granville He does an amazing job. It just looks gorgeous back there, and our customers just. You know, really appreciate how much um, love and, and time uh, that everyone puts into you know, the way the store looks and the things that we carry and where we source the things that we carry.
0: Yeah, so um, I was going to ask you about that. So how do you decide what products are going to go into the different stores?
1: Well, we have um, kind of a set of you know, guidelines that we always look for when we're looking at bringing new products in um we we only carry things that um we would feed our pets so uh we don't carry any foods that have wheat corn or soy in them or animal byproducts or artificial colorings or preservatives um so we focus more on more the independent um smaller um food manufacturers for our pet foods and um we make sure that we do lots of training with with the companies so that we can understand the food um, once we do decide to bring it in uh, and we also are always keeping up to breast um, nutrition and you know the right the that's changed so much in the 15 years since I've been involved in this business and watching how pet food has evolved in that time has been really interesting um, I uh, we try to we try to make sure we have a wide variety of options from people from everything from dry food kibble to raw diet um because you know there's good ways to feed your pet at all different kind of price ranges you know what you can do is you know great like anything we can help you feed your pet at any kind of you know price range that you'd like to that you can afford um and they're all good um and we can give you ideas how to make things that, you know, kibble's not our favorite just because it's like eating cereal every day in the wild dogs would do that. Um, but we can make suggestions on how to make it, you know, to add some, some good whole food in there. So we, we go through this process and you know, if we've, in the last 15 years, I've dropped some of our best selling lines because they've sold out to large corporations. Um, so, uh, I have no problem dropping a line that I think is, you know, gonna is is putting their quality aside to make profit um above and beyond you know what what someone would need to survive you know like it's it's right. you can when companies make that decision um we're not necessarily interested in carrying them anymore because we feel like it's a disservice to the customer and um for the plant side too you know we want to have um non-invasive plants. <laughs> we don't want to carry things that are going to hurt the North uh, Pacific Northwest uh, environment. Um, but we also have a very knowledgeable staff that like really understand gardening and they understand house plants really well. And we take a lot of time to make sure that we train our staff on how to, to sell those things. And this is at FANG in particular. Salties does not sell plants. And no. <laughs> Requa's does not sell plants. Uh, but um, at FANG, we try to make sure, you know, we try to make sure everything is organic uh, and that um, we're protecting our pollinators, making sure our bee friends are not getting uh, hurt at all and that they have things to nibble on. And, you know, just it's, it's the same in the gardening world as it is in the pet world. You want to look for, you know, high quality things that are aware of what's going on in the environment in the world and where they're sourcing things from.
0: Yeah, I love your philosophy on that because it's so true. It's like these companies start out small and then they get bought out and suddenly you see them on the recall lists and they've never been on there before. And
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen it happen way too many times in the last 15 years. And, you know, um, probably, you know, this is like totally, I don't know how many people remember the, the pet food, the huge pet food recall that happened in around 2008 when there was the um, the, It was just so many brands were affected by some tainted um, ingredients that had come from overseas. And we only had one product that was affected by all of that.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: How we pick our pet food. And it was only it was like one bag of food and one can from a line that we carried. And that's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, I know that our customers at that time and hopefully still feel really confident that we're always, you know, making, we're doing the research so that they don't have to, so that their pets can be well taken care of.
0: Well, and that's so important, you know, because pet owners don't always know about foods. And so the fact that they can come in and ask your staff for suggestions on a food is amazing because when we first started feeding, um, you know, the kind of foods that you carry, We, you know, the only way we could find out about it was we actually hired a pet nutritionist because we happened to have one in our city and she was explaining all the, you know, the ingredients and, you know, showed us all, you know, all the things that we should be avoiding and what we should feed. And it's like now the fact that you can come to your store and your staff knows what to recommend is, you know, such a change in how it's done. And so it's so helpful because it's more accessible to everybody because we just got lucky, you know, because otherwise we would have still been feeding what the vet recommended, which was not good.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's similar to my story because about learning about pet food. My I, I, my background is in theater and set design and I had nothing to do with the pet industry. Um, and honestly, I didn't um, own... The first, so I, I, growing up, my mom didn't like dogs. So I, I honestly didn't have a dog until my husband and I got married. Um, when we got married, like five days after we got married, he's like, I want a dog. And I'm like, okay, you can get a dog, but I don't want anything to do with that dog. I had two cats at the time. And so I was like, you know, all right, let's figure it out. So we found an amazing dog to adopt. His name was Monk and he was a rot lab mix. And he was at a high hope, a high kill shelter in San Diego. We were living in San Diego at the time. And, um, that first night I was like, "Oh, I don't know about this. And then we started to take training classes. And, um, I would say that, um, that dog changed my life. Like he was so kind and such a good boy. And, Uh, taught me so much i got into dog training um and in dog training classes you know i was talking to the trainer one day and we were talking about food and i she was like what do you feed and i was like well you know we've always fed imes (laughs) you know when i was growing up that's what i grew up in the middle of nowhere in michigan and that's the kind of food you could get there and and their suggestion was to look for a food that was wheat corn soy free and you know didn't have any byproducts. And so I'd found, I found a new food and was like, Oh, and started to learn about nutrition. And I'm like, Oh, this is so interesting. And I started to realize, I started to research what was really in some of that pet food that a lot of people don't know about, like what animal meal is and what, you know, what kind of fillers, a lot of pets, pet food companies put in their food that are not,
0: adding any nutrient value at all whatsoever. No, some of it's like sawdust is in some oh, yeah. some of the food. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, essentially, yeah. And, and they put, you know, cellulose, which, you know, is just, it's just, you know, paper essentially is in, in that food. There's a lot of really bad foods out there. So, but once I started to learn about that, I was like, this is fascinating. And then so many people don't know those things that it was great to, you know, when we moved here and I started working at salties and having those conversations with people and seeing how I could have an effect on people's and their pets' lives to have a better relationship with their pet because they they understood the food that they were feeding them. Really, um, it made a big difference to me. But not having been a, a pet person up until you know my, my late my late twenties, it was uh, I I missed a lot in that time. I mean, now I'm I I oh I will always have dogs now. <laughs> I yeah. Just, so much
0: yeah if, yeah if you're not raised with them you, you don't you have no idea you don't yeah. you don't know what it is to have a dog yeah
1: and and you don't know and you there's no way that you would even with my cats I didn't know about nutrition the same way because don't go to the cat park and talk to other cat owners yeah. about <laughs> their cats right so so once you start to learn about that pet food you know the pet food industry and training and all of the things that involve pet ownership um it's your mind just gets expanded and then you can kind of like, you know, clear out all of those things that are just there because there's a lot of advertising dollars behind it and people are like, oh, well, I see them everywhere. They must be a great food. And, you know, it's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can think of one brand in particular that's everywhere and anytime I'm training a dog and their owners say, oh, this is what I'm feeding them, I'm just it's like, well, We'll address that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a hard conversation to have. It's like telling them this. It, tell, it,
1: like it feels like sometimes to me it's like you're telling people how to raise their kids. Yeah. So you have to definitely approach it in a way that's like genuine and uh, have empathy towards them. Because, and I always tell the story I didn't know. Like yeah. I didn't know until somebody told me. And then when they told me, I was like, oh, I need to change this right away because my, you know the quality of my pet's life is going to be so much better if you know I'm not feeding them something that might have a pesticide in it.
0: Yeah, because our because our, our first corgi, when we finally took him to this nutritionist, he had been diagnosed with um, kidney disease. Oh yeah. And when we took him in, she was like, "Well, what are you feeding him?" And it was what the vet had recommended, and she's like, "Well, that could have been the cause right there." And, you know, it was an immediate change, you know, to the new stuff. But, you know, and that's what I, you know, I do the same thing. I tell people, I'm like, hey, I didn't know. My parents fed our dogs kibbles and bits. You know, it's like, do. Uh-huh. yeah, it's like the worst. But, you know, so I didn't know either. And it's like until somebody tells you, you know, you, you know what you know and what you've lived and until you, you know till you come across better you can't do better yep
1: well and a lot of it too has to do with like where you live and where you can source that that food from and that's why I say you know I I have a lot of people that reach out to me um like through social media that I've known from like when throughout my life, people that didn't know me before I worked in, you know, the pet supply industry. And they like, they'll ask questions like, Hey, you know, can you make a recommendation for what I can feed my dog? And my first question to them is always, well, where do you buy, where can you buy your food so that I can take a look at what that store is and what they carry and be able to make a a good suggestion for them? Because, you know, depending on where you live, you're going to be, you can't source all the, you know, all of the things. Oh no. Usually, I can I can find um, something that will be convenient for them that is of a better quality than they're currently feeding, and explain to them why it's better. And you know, I always look for an independent store for them to be able to shop at. But you know, a lot of a lot of people that I know don't necessarily live in larger cities like Portland. You know, and Portland's kind of a bubble in a way in the pet industry yeah. too. Cause we're, there's just, people are pet crazy here and really do take, a, take pride in taking really good care of their pets. So, um, in these other areas, it's like, well, we can find something that works and that you can feel good about. And I think that's the key is just finding something that the person can feel good about feeding yep. and, and that they're making a good educated choice in, in the foods that they're feeding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do the best you
0: can yeah that's- well that's just it is, <laughs> yeah. is you know and the fact that you know how to recommend how to make something even better if it's not the perfect choice you know is super helpful to somebody because a lot of people don't know what things that you can add into food. I mean yeah. you know we were feeding our Corgi when you know toward like the last three years of his life he was getting wild salmon potatoes and veg- vegetables three times a day the butcher about killed us. He was like, you, you're you going to feed this wild salmon to your dog? It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I'll eat. <laughs> it's like that, you know, that's what he was the best thing for his condition. And it was like, then that's what he's getting. And, and you know, we were lucky that we could, you know, do that at the time because there were times that we probably couldn't have afforded to do that. Yeah. But also, you know, we had the resources, but, it, you know, like you said, so, there are just some locations they just don't have that independent pet store that goes and curates that variety of food yeah you know your local grocery store is not going to do that
1: no and that's always hard if they don't have like if they are at the grocery store like that one's always a little bit harder because a lot of the foods that grocery store carries especially like chain grocery stores that food's not good (laughs) Like every time I go into Fred Meyer and I see somebody buying pet food, I'm just like, "Mm." (laughs) I want to say something to you, but you're doing the best you can. So I'm not going to, I'm not going (laughs) to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just can't. I mean, you know, they, and most people, it's just cause they don't know it's, you know, cause everybody would, you know, I think everybody would do the best for their pet if they knew something different about it. And that's why it's great that there are people out there that can, help and educate and, and tell them why. I mean, cause uh, like for us, it was like, I didn't really understand all the ingredients. And then when somebody explained them to me and you know, what was in foods and what to avoid, I was like, Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know about that. And, um, yeah, at yeah. least yeah. now I can go look for that.
1: Yeah. Those, I think those moments are so, Nice, though, when you see somebody's mind expand where they're like, Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some changes. And, you know, the, the likelihood is that their pet is going to be a lot healthier for it. And they'll have a better relationship and hopefully a longer time together because, you know, they'll have better nutrition. Um, yeah, it's always been my goal to make sure that people can have a, have a better relationship with their pet and that it starts with nutrition.
0: Yep, absolutely. Would you like to celebrate the life of your furry family member? Kim Hoshal Photography captures your dog's personality through fun outdoor photography sessions and creates beautiful wall art and albums that you will cherish for a lifetime. So um, how could people support your business? You have the three stores. Do you have online so, um, ordering? So we do
1: at two of the stores, you know, part of... Part of the year of 2020 has been COVID. I don't know if anybody's
0: <laughs> heard about that or not. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a good kept secret.
1: Yeah, but you know, pretty pretty life changing and pretty uh, life changing in the world of business, also. So, pet supplies are an essential business. So, we've been open the entire time that COVID has been going on and serving our customers and making sure that people have what they need. And part of our growth with being able to supply customers with their, with their, with what they need was to come up with ways to, for them to shop that was, that felt comfortable and safe for them. And so we made the choice to, um, have, uh, online stores for salties and for Fang. Um, and it is not our, it's not everything in our store, but it's like our best, our most popular foods and toys and treats and that kind of thing is on the website. Um, so you can purchase things on those websites and we offer in-store pickup, curbside pickup, uh, and first, um, a pretty large handful of, um, zip codes. We offer uh bike courier delivery. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a great, uh, collective here in North Portland called, um, p-town court couriers and they do a lot of like food delivery from restaurants but they also deliver our pet food <laughs> oh that's and, cool yeah, they're really wonderful and they do a nice job and usually with if you order your food um we can do same day delivery within two hours of your order from them so they they're a great service um and i really appreciate you know all the hard work they do and especially on hot days when they're out there with like you know 200 pounds of pet food on their bike and they're like biking a few miles to drop it off to somebody. I'm like, I should be doing that because I could use the exercise, but also not my job. So yeah. I'm not like
0: that job. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, so there's those stores. Um, and then we offer for shopping also, um, you can just call on the phone and one of the staff members will pick everything you need out for you and talk to you you like answer your questions and um you can pay over the phone and again you could do in-store pickup curbside pickup where you just call and we'll bring it out and put it in your car and you don't even have to look at us um and also delivery like we can do delivery over the phone too so um we've been trying to just come up with As many ways as all the other businesses have been been able to make sure we can serve all of our customers in a way that they feel safe. Um, We started taking uh, COVID precautions before, um, like in February. So, you know, when we started to hear about it, we're like, oh, we are updating all of our cleaning. We're doing this. We're doing that. We started um, having mandatory masks in the stores before. Um, The governor was doing mandatory masks, so we've been taking it very seriously, and we have still, we limit the amount of customers that can come in um, because we want the staff to be safe, and we want the customers to be safe, and the best way to do that is to, you know, make sure we can stay away from each other a little bit and wear our masks and clean things, and we're going to do that until there's, you know, until we feel safe that we can have um, customers come in freely again.
0: Yeah. That's oh, great. That, man, this is quick. <laughs> yeah. You guys were so on top of it. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Well, you know, I, I, my, for me, I always am concentrating on the safety and the happiness of my staff so that they can do their jobs well. And it's my job as a business owner to make sure that that structure is set there. So we've been really focused on that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting to have to make all of these, uh, daily operational changes you know this year nobody was but we're on top of it and we all work as a team to make those decisions when big changes happen we make sure we talk to the managers and the other the other staff to be like all right we're thinking about this change does that feel comfortable to you do you feel safe in that environment and I think that um it's been it's been good I don't want to make changes that that um are not uh
0: not vetted by everybody that has to deal with them on a daily basis so yeah that's great (laughs) <laughs> yeah for independent retailers it was a big change that they had to make in order to stay relevant in the times
1: yeah and- well there's just so much fear too you know we did we had that panic buying that happened in um, March and then we saw a big dip in April because you know everybody had purchased
0: you know, everybody had stocked of- up
1: <laughs> yeah and we had we actually limited what people could buy because we we're like you know what we we can get stuff in weekly we, guys don't nobody needs to buy like five pound or five 40 pound bags of litter right now like we got you covered it'll be okay um so um that 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 was a scary time and to just be able to have to react to it on you know so quickly and as a business owner um I feel very lucky to be involved in an industry that has been able to withstand a lot of the issues we've had in the last 15 years. Like there was the recession in 2009, you know, we survived that. Um, we're in a recession now. We'll see how that goes <laughs> and uh, COVID and just, you know, all the things that um, I, I, I feel lucky that I'm involved in pet supplies and that uh, I look at some other of the my friends that are in business and really have a lot of empathy for them, how they've had to be creative to run their businesses during this time to be able to stay open. And you know what, there's a lot of scrappy, you know, smart business people out there that are doing a really great job coming up with ways to be able to make customers feel safe and still be able to offer their, their um, services to people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're so lucky living in Portland. it's like, everybody likes to support local businesses so much more than, than any place else I've ever lived. It's like, they're really about shopping local.
1: Yeah. And I think that people really love their neighborhoods too, which is, I think that helps too, you know, um, people, I think they hear about Portland and they're like, they think just about downtown. Right. And that, that's not really like, yeah, that's part of Portland, but there's also all these like little cute, amazing neighborhoods that are like micro, you know, communities. Portland but you know I'm sure there are a lot of other cities that are 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 absolutely like that too but I just I every place I visited has never been like as I don't know like well mapped as Portland like it's like all all these little neighborhoods fit together and we all work together like like friends
0: yeah (laughs) but you do you have you have your little neighborhood and they're and they all have their own little personality yeah so it's yeah it is interesting yeah because People to you know find out I live downtown. They're like, oh oh my gosh! It's like no, it's not like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, where you live live feels nothing like what downtown Portland is. No,
0: it's like I you know I sit I sit at my desk and I'm looking at the West Hills and you know two blocks over there's you know the West Hills you know all that neighborhood of Northwest Portland. It's like yeah Oh. It's just like a little neighborhood that happens to have a touristy street on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> other than that, just like any other place. But So um, I actually got connected to you because of Paige. So are there any nonprofits that you like to work with or...
1: Oh, I love working with nonprofits. There's so many. Yeah. Paige at animal aid. She is an amazing woman and, uh, their organization has done such great things. We were a sponsor for their 50th anniversary, uh, last year, and that was so much fun. And I learned so much about that organization and all they did. It made me love it even more. Like they're just, she's great. Um, yeah, we like to work with, um, a lot of the the smaller organizations. So we, um, we are are always are doing food drives. Um, so we do uh, work with the Pacific Pug Rescue. Um, we were just doing a donation drive for St. Martin's, um, which focuses on senior and special needs uh, animals. Um, and we've done work with them for years, um, doing donations, uh, Pixie Project, um, because I have. Uh, two pixie dogs (laughs) and um, big supporters of Multnomah County Animal Services because I don't think a lot of people realize how much they do for the community um, and how much they support some of these smaller rescues um, and how much they have improved as the only open access shelter that's in you know uh, the Portland area—they're the only shelter that can take stray and abandoned animals. Um, all the other rescues can't do that, um, so uh, they have um, the hardest job of all, I think, of you know the different resources in the area. And um, I like to support them because I think that they—they—they they they try to approach. Helping pets and people in a way that I think is very mindful, and they also have a really hard job. Every rescue has a hard job. I mean, it's not—you know—people on social media see all of these posts and stuff about these dogs that come from bad situations and and how they get turned around and helped. And you know, I wish all animals could have that story, but you know, unfortunately, uh, not all of them do. but there's a lot of loving people out there that, that are working really hard together to try to make sure that you know the animals get the best care and the best best future homes that they can get. So we work with them a lot. Um, we work with the Pongo Fund. Uh, we do um, some fundraising for them every year. Um, we work with um, Feral Cat Coalition. You know, I think you know there's a lot there's a lot of area, there's a lot of rescues yeah. and, and underdog. We've done work with. Um, We've done work with uh, one tail at a time, Um, and we're willing to work with a lot of rescues. Uh, We like to kind of look at what what their platform is, you know, and that's been, I think, the hardest thing with this year, too, is because we really like to have those organizations organizations come and table at our stores to do outreach and, and bring in an- adoptable animals if they can, because that's really a great way to reach out to the community. And we just haven't been able to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been doing, you know, donation drives because a lot of animals have been moving through the shelter system, um, because people are home now and they're like, I would like to adopt a pet. So how can I do that? So they're, we're still moving pets, um, they're still moving animals into new homes that way, which is good. Family dogs, new life. We work with them. <laughs> we've worked with uh, fences for Fido. Uh, we also have done work with um, a couple farm sanctuaries. Uh, Odd Man Inn is the one that we've been working with the most right now, uh, and they're a great organization. If you've not heard of them or uh, checked out their website and social media, they are they are great. Um, they have uh, so I one of my dogs. His name is Parker. He's a tripod. Uh, I have a huge, um, I am a huge special needs adopter. So our, we, we adopted Parker, uh, two weeks after he had his leg amputated <clears throat> and he's the greatest. I love him so much. He's about 13 now we've had him for eight years. Uh, and then at the beginning of COVID, we adopted a 14 year old minpin pin oh, wow! Weighs, he weighs four, four and a half pounds. He has no teeth and' his, he's just a little mutant like his the vet's like, yeah I, like none of his organs are in the right spot, and he's just like the, he's amazing, his name is Reggie, and he's like he is an awesome little dog, so like but i'm like, yes, you're an old dog that nobody wants you, and you have no teeth, and your tongue sticks out of your face, and yes you should. Right. <laughs> um so that's kind of like odd man in <laughs> back to that farm rescue or that uh farm sanctuary. Um they have a pig there that I'm also in love with in love with and his name is Melvin. And he had been attacked by dogs. He has no ears and he's a tripod. So oh. and he is just full of sass. He has this like the biggest personality. And I was really lucky last summer I got to meet him. And um I was like starstruck and he is a pig and just doesn't care about me. And so I was like, whatever, and walked away. But I'm like, but oh, but it was good. I was so happy to meet him. So they're, they're great. They, they really have, um, they have some really great rescue stories and, and have helped a lot of, a lot of animals that, you know, again, people are like, you know what, I want goats and they don't really know what that means. And so then the goats quality of lives are, you know, really poor because they don't actually know how to take care of them very well. And so that's how a lot of animals end up in rescue there. Um, and they do a great job educating people and they do adopt out these animals to people and they help the people that adopt them understand how they have to take care of them, which is great. So they do a great job.
0: Yeah, because that's so important. It's like, you know, because you see it with dogs even, but I can imagine, especially with farm animals, it's like, yeah, a goat's really cute and it's tiny, but that goat's going to grow up and eat the couch if yeah. you don't give it the proper environment. And- yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and, or, you know, they're actually, they're social animals. So just one goat, like that's, that goat's going to be so sad. Like they want to be around other goats and they want to go do goat things. And, and nutritionally too, like they, you know, people are like, oh, they'll just eat anything. Well, they shouldn't, you know, that's actually, (laughs) you need to really know what they need to eat and what kind of vet care they need. And, you know, it's not think they, they go into it with some good intentions and probably get a bit overwhelmed and so it's nice that they're able to like bring in animals that um and that the owners realize oh you know what I'm in over my head I need to like find this I need to help this animal have a better quality of life and you know surrendering an animal is sometimes the better way to offer an animal better quality of life so
0: yeah absolutely So, do you have any events coming up? I know it's a little challenging with COVID, but um, do you have anything that uh, you should want people to know about?
1: Well, we do. um, So, every year for the last eight years, we have done uh, photos with Santa, and I dress up as Santa, and my husband takes the photos. Nice. Nice their pets in and it's a big fundraiser we usually donate the money to the pongo fund and work with them um this year we've had to kind of reimagine what that's going to be uh and we 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 think we know how we're going to do it and still be able to do all the fun stuff that we did in the past um it will be all virtual um but people will be able to still like because most people use that photo for their holiday card i yeah. I, I enjoy the fact that i am on like so many holiday cards. <laughs> dressed as santa and half the people don't know i'm a, like they're like you're a woman like they're like <laughs> confused that i'm a woman santa first and then uh really happy that they created great picture out of it but yeah they so they put um we we try to do that as um much before the holidays as we can so people utilize that so we decided we're going to do it virtually Um, we're going to have some announcements on our social media and our website on how we're going to do that but we'll probably have about four weeks of time where people can interact with us and we can get a picture together for them Um, so that's all three stores are going to be doing that and then we always have a um, harvest festival at the end of the garden season at the at fang because we close our garden center for the winter um, and our landlord actually sells Christmas trees. <laughs> he has a Christmas tree farm. And so he takes over the garden center and sells Christmas trees between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, so our our harvest festival, we have come up with a way we think that we can um, safely have customers come in and out uh, and purchase plants and soil. And we have really good deals during that time. And it's gonna be, I think it's the weekend of October 17th is that that event is gonna be happening. Um, So, also keep your ear open, your your ears and eyes open on social media and our website about that information. We just had a big meeting this week about that, and um, I went into it honestly thinking, I don't know how we're going to pull this off, and then my staff was like, we can do this and this and this, and it'll have all the things. And I was like, that's brilliant. Yes, I love it. Like they, they really did a great job, like problem solving, like how we can how we can have a fun event for customers and, and still um, keep everyone safe. So I, I love them. They do such a good job.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I like that, that you're open to the staff expressing their ideas.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I, it's their store. I just make sure everybody gets paid at this point and they they're awesome. And I make sure they have the support. They need to be awesome. Like I, my staff is great.
0: That's good to hear. We like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I was,
1: uh, had a lot of fun chatting with you
0: <laughs> and I will share all of your your website and social media and all that kind of stuff, um, in the episode notes so that everybody knows how to find you and hear about the events that you have coming up and how they can get their picture with Santa, even if it is just virtually. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to be awesome. I'm so excited about it. (laughs) So, well, thank you so much and you have a great day too. See you soon. (laughs) Yeah. Love seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland. Let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.